Amen. If I can preach after that. I think I'm on, right? Did I switch my right things on? Yes, there we go. So I'm glad that Pastor did uh, explain what was going on because I know I'm usually in junior church. So if you guys that don't know me that well thought I was Bob Ashley's dad, that would cause a lot of confusion. <laughs> he doesn't look like Bob at all. <laughs> so no. Uh, so I'm going to be in Philippians. I'm going to be in Philippians uh, today as we walk through a passage this morning. But it is good to be able to open God's word. So this morning, as we kind of walk through what we're going to talk about, when pastor had asked me, like, if I had anything on my heart and that we were um, thinking towards preaching next week, I guess the thing that has been on my heart for so long is like, there's passages in the Bible, right? That have, they're wonderful passages, but sometimes they seem, can I say like over the top or like more so than like, this is the one I've been, thinking on right now, right? When Jesus says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. Ye shall find rest for your soul. And like, I don't know about you, but does not rest for the soul sound like ultimately amazing? <laughs> like, rest for the soul. Like, I can get a good night's sleep, but that rest for the soul is a whole nother ball game. And what does that mean when Jesus says, come to me? If you labor, you're laden. I have rest. And when we come over to Philippians, we're faced with one of those same things, right? When God promises peace that passes understanding. Like, man, I want that kind of peace. Like, I want these kind of things. And so when we live the Christian life, sometimes we, we know these things on paper. And when we look at them, it's like, oh, man, this is, yes, God will give you that peace that passes understanding, brother. That peace that passes understanding, sister. But to know what that actually feels like, to know what it feels like for your soul to find rest when it doesn't feel like there is rest is like, I'm all about that. <laughs> I want to know exactly what that feels like. And so when we come to Philippians chapter number four. It's a familiar passage, right? I think some of us can quote most. of it. When we come to Philippians chapter four, we're going to be walking through what Paul would give us is how to have this piece of the path of understanding. But I think if we were to walk along with Paul and say, Paul, let me, can you like help me with this? Like a piece of past understanding, sign me up. I want that. But I don't know what that looks like. I think we kind of walk through this and see what Paul wants to show us in the scripture under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit on what this actually looks like in the day to day. How I get up tomorrow morning and work for in a moment where my soul knows no rest. The peace right now, I totally understand it. It's not peace. How do those things come? Now, I don't know, right? Because me being here, Pastor Ashley being here, Pastor Ashley could probably speak to these things way better than I can. So by the grace of God, though, I want to walk through this passage and kind of show us what God expects for us, what God expects from us as we continue to walk with him and that we hopefully get to know that soul rests. That come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I have something for you. So let's pray because I need God's help. And so as we pray, we'll just walk through this passage this morning and see what God lays on our hearts and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Dearly Father God, this morning, Lord, as we sing, Lord, we sing wonderful, merciful Savior. And Lord, just, man, when our hearts have hopelessly lost our way, you're the one we go to. Lord, as the men sing, Pastor, the men sing about being faithful to the cross. 
Lord, that I think all of us wouldn't be here this morning if we didn't want to be faithful to you. We didn't want to know more about you. We didn't want to walk with you better than what we are maybe in this moment. And so God, as we come to this moment and the Sunday, as we stop our week to reflect on you, God, I pray that you be magnified above all else. And I pray as your word is opened and we walk through it, that your Holy Spirit would do what only you can do here this morning in our hearts. Lord, I can't even begin to know where we're all at. We've got lots of different things on hearts and minds, lots of things going on in our weeks coming up. But God, I do ask for in this moment that you meet with us, that you calm our hearts, that your word will fall on good ground and bring forth the fruit you've promised. We love you. We thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So you're there, Philippians 4. We're going to start out with one of those passages again that sounds like a little, I don't want to say over the top, but Philippians 4.4 is where we're going to jump in. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. When we come to Philippians chapter four and we're like, Paul, there's something amazing about sounds, what it sounds like to have peace that pass understanding. But I'm telling you right now, when you say the words rejoice, that is not where my heart goes. When we come to this, like we started at the beginning, there's kind of like this pressure, right? Have you ever felt the pressure that we may not use the word rejoice all the time in regular life, but you had to rejoice. You felt the pressure because you had to put on the rejoice. You had to re- put on the rejoicing face when you came to church because inside you are not rejoicing. <laughs> like, and so it's like, I got this pressure to perform because people are looking. So when Paul says rejoice, they're like, Paul, I know about that. Yeah. <laughs> when we got out of the car on the way to church, <laughs> it wasn't all that it should have been on the way to church. <laughs> and I had to put on my rejoicing face. Yes. Good to see you doing well. I had to put on the performance of rejoicing. Some of us have to put on that performance just because, right, you're not a morning person. <laughs> and 1030 on Sunday is still, <laughs> your alarm clock still like, I'm, I'm waiting to get up. Some of us, because different things are going on in our lives, right? Some of us have to perform to rejoice because we've lost. We've experienced a loss. We have to perform because family is not all that it was supposed to be. Like we have to perform because we start looking at our lives at the age we find ourselves at. And we're like all the dreams and ambitions that I had. Sometimes it just hits me because they're not coming the way I thought they'd come. When I'm looking at my occupation and I'm looking at how I'm going to feed the family, these things aren't coming together. And so I have to perform to rejoice. Brother Paul, I know. Tell me about it. Rejoice evermore. See, watch this. One, two, three. Rejoice. I got this. And there's a performance. But Paulie would say again. And again, I say, rejoice. You notice you never usually have to tell people rejoice who are over the top. Like if there's, we go to junior church, right? I'm usually back there with them. I have never, ever, ever had to walk back into junior church and say, 
guys, you need to bring the energy up. We need to rejoice. Please, guys, would you smile? You guys see them tear off the the side door. (laughs) I'm just trying to hold on (laughs) as we get drunk back there. But sometimes in life, that's not the way we feel. (laughs) It is literally a performance. And Paul's saying, hey, if that's how you feel, rejoice again. I'm going to tell you, you need to rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. People see you. Your reasonableness, your gentleness is seen by the world. So you have to rejoice. And we'd say, sitting in the Sunday morning, well, is it okay if I let my rejoice face down now? Like, nobody's looking. Like, pulling down your mask after you come out of the store. It's like, ah, I can take that rejoice face off for just a second. But when we start looking at it, this is what Paul's calling us to. He's saying, I want you to rejoice. This pressure to perform, I want you to turn it on. And how you're going to do it, let's keep going through Philippians chapter 4. He gives us the exact way of how to do it, right? In verse number 6. Or the end of verse number 5, he says, the Lord is at hand, which is saying, the Lord is near. Sometimes we don't feel like rejoicing. We do feel like the Lord is not near. He's not right. He's not at hand. He's not where I need him. But when we go through this, he says this. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And so as Paul's walking us through this, Paul, I don't really, like, I can, I can manufacture this rejoice thing. I can smile and I can do what I have to do, Paul, but it's not there. And Paul would say, hey, can I ask you something real quick? Are you praying? How's your prayer? Like, if there's ever, ever an awkward question in the Christian life, Sometimes is when people ask you, number one, what did you read in the Bible this morning? You're like, I, I did read. I, I know I read something. And how's your prayer life? <laughs> Not what it's supposed to be, I know, but I'm working on it. Paul says, if you're going to rejoice, and again, I say rejoice. That's your moderation. Everybody sees you. Be known to all men. The Lord is close to you. The Lord is at hand. But I'm going to prompt you to pray. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Paul says, how are you praying? Can I just just get in your business for just a moment? What are you asking God for? A lot of times, here's where we're at. We're anxious, right? We have our prayer list. Oh, man, these are the things that we're asking God. Lord, (laughs) good morning, Lord. It's 7 a.m., and... I've got a day to get started. So here, Lord, is my prayer list. These are the things that I need you to do today. And God's like, I notice you have two papers over there. What's the other paper? Oh, Lord, this is yours. This, this is my productivity list. These are my problems. When they get too big for me to handle, I move them over to your list. But right now, I got these. So, Lord, you go ahead. Okay, Lord, these are the things that I can't handle. Right now, so and so's in the hospital, so I can't do anything about that. If I could, I'd be over there healing myself, Lord, but I can't, so I'm going to leave that to you. Well, right now, Lord, I don't have enough money. If I can handle that myself, Lord, I'd handle it myself, but since I have to wait for you to do that, I'll wait for you to do that. And then we go down, like, thanks, Lord. I'll leave that there with you. Let's get the day started. What am I going to be anxious about today? And then we go through the list. 
of all the things that we're going to struggle with. Well, Lord, my marriage is not on this list because I can handle this today. But if she gets, whoa, then if she doesn't, then I'm going to move that this over to your list, Lord. Like this is going to be yours. And when we start living this way, Paul would say, this is why you can't rejoice. You can't rejoice because this list and this list need to be the same thing. Paul says, don't be anxious for anything. Pray even for the petty things. Maybe you don't have right now, but I think most of us can think about a time in our life where we have a friend where we kind of tell everything to. Like we tell, it's like, oh man, this happened, yay! And that friend is the only person in the world who actually cares. <laughs> like this happened, yay! Oh man, that's awesome. And we tell them everything, good things, bad things. Let me ask you this: Is that how your relationship with God is, or do we have a list? As I throw my paper on the ground, as I have my problem list, my productivity list, because sometimes. We're going for that peace that passes understanding. Sometimes as Christians, I believe our, we get more, we think that peace comes through doing instead of dependence. We think that peace comes because I'm striving instead of me trying to surrender. We think that peace comes because I have more action than me just simply abiding in Christ. And we make this list that I can handle this, God. And when it gets off of this list, then, God, you have to handle those things that I have nothing. And when it comes to life, you know why Jesus says, come unto me, all you that labor are heavy laden, I will give you rest. You were never meant to carry it on your own. You were created for dependency. So when Paul says rejoice, rejoice. <laughs> I, I, I'll perform when I need to. When the pressure's on, I'll perform. I'll smile. I'll wave. I'll shake because I can do that. Paul's like, ah, no, no, no. See, your moderation is known to all men. They see you. They can see right through that. The Lord's near. The Lord's right with you. So let me ask you this. Can I prompt you to pray a little differently? Pray for everything. Every single thing. Well, this isn't a big deal, God. No, no, it is. But see, this is the thing. We have a God in heaven who cares about the little things. And when we start looking at the Lord is at hand, I have a God who's right there, ready and waiting to reach in and help me, even on the things that I think, now nah, I got this God. And God is sitting in, in heaven, and I don't mean to be irreverent, but with the facepalm emoji saying, what are you thinking? You don't have this. I'm watching you take this down hill and it's not going well. But you think so because you think it's on your little list over here that you've got it and you don't. Be anxious for nothing. And so when Paul calls it, he says, hey, rejoice, guys, rejoice. Be excited. Like God has been good. I don't feel that way. But let me ask you. Are you giving it all over to God? Come out of the labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon the alert of me, for I am meek and low in heart, for you shall find rest for your soul. That rest comes because I am no longer having to carry the weight of life. I have a God who loves me enough to carry it with me. He keeps going, right? 
And this is the part where it gets uh, a bit supernatural, right? Because God says we don't even understand this. He says, verse number seven, when you give it all to God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So all of a sudden, when I begin to start this prayer that gives God every little thing, God steps in and beyond my understanding that I couldn't even give you an illustration for, he steps in and he gives me peace that protects my heart and my mind. He keeps it. I'm telling you, I would sit here and tell you that I want the kind of peace from God that wraps up my heart and mind and protection and protects me from the cares that I carry, protects me even sometimes from my own self. I want that. But Paul says that doesn't come unless you give everything to the Lord. As long as you have this list over here, you will not know peace that passes understanding. As long as you keep trying to fight to say, God, I, I, I can figure this one out. I got some bigger problems over there. If you would uh, take care of those, I got these little math problems that I can figure out myself. When then until I give up that, I will never receive the supernatural peace that only comes from God. And I would say we all want it. And you would think that we'd all be ready to let go of our struggles and let go of our problems and say, God, please take them. But somehow, in our pride and arrogance, we really believe we've got it. We really think we can handle it. And when that happens, that anxiousness, that anxiety, those burdens make us have to perform. I can't come to church and actually rejoice because I have to perform when I get there. And Paul says, hey, can I ask you this? How's your prayer? When you're praying, are you leaving it all on God? If you're not, I'm telling you, you'll never know this kind of peace until you let God have it. And it will protect your heart and your mind. And this is what God offers us. But then for us to think, right, that, well, that means I don't have to do anything, right? So I just come to God, throw all my problems on him. And I would say pretty much because he said, cast all your care on me, for I care for you. I'm casting my problems on God. It doesn't mean I go turn on Netflix and start watching because God's got it. He says, this is what you do. Philippians 4, verse 7. Here's a process to follow. 4, 7. So finally, brethren, so as this peace of God is wrapping my heart as I give everything to God, here is comes my responsibility for my heart and my mind. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue and there be any praise, think on these things. So all of a sudden, as I come to this part and I make my list and God's list the same, and God begins to wrap my heart in his peaceful protection that I can't even understand. I don't just walk through life anymore just the way I did before. Now, the heart and mind that God is protecting 
I'm protecting it too. To keep me from being anxious, I all of a sudden have this list of filters that everything that goes into my heart and mind are going to go through. Is this true? Man, I'm not going to go through all of them because we don't got that kind of time. But let's just think about this for a second. How many things do we struggle with and we wrestle with in our hearts that aren't even true? There's no truth in them. Today, right, we can go turn on the news. And as we turn on the news, sometimes when I'm at the gym running, you can see all the um, different televisions going on. And you see, like, because everybody knows every TV channel has their own slant. And sometimes when there's something big, and I only see it at the gym because I really don't watch, we don't really watch the news at our house. Uh, but you can see, like, all three different channels have the same story, and they're spinning it a totally different way. Like, you're like, you're just watching it. Like, I'm just running, and like, I'd never see this because there's no, my house doesn't roll like that. We don't got, like, three big screen TVs in a row <laughs> where I can watch multiple shows at the same time. But when you start watching it, it's like, what is even this is true? Like, what is it happening? And I know for us, right, the people that we listen to are the truth because we wouldn't listen to them if they were the truth. But here's the thing. How many times in our lives are we anxious about things that aren't true? God's going to wrap my heart in peace when I give everything to him. But it's not that I just sit down and like, I don't have to do anything because God is. I'm walking circumspectly. I'm thinking through. If this isn't true, I, I don't need to entertain it in my thoughts. We live in a social media age, right? We're talking about performing, making sure everybody sees how everything should be or we want them to perceive it is. If it's not true, I'm not going to entertain it in my thoughts. What sort of things are honest? Is this, the word honest there, is this righteous? Is this actually right? The feelings that we have toward people that have wronged us? Is this just? Pastor has been talking about the attributes of God on Sunday nights. Is this just as God would be? Is this pure? Is this clean? Should my mind feast on these things? Is this lovely? Can I say right now that maybe some of us should turn off the television and go for a walk right now because in the spring it's lovely? Go walk under a blossoming tree and just smell it. And yes, I do this all the time. <laughs> I'm weird like that. <laughs> Dwell on some lovely things. I mean, I'm telling you, right? can I nerd out for just a second? Right? Can I nerd out for just a second? One of the reasons why I enjoy photography, right, is because in the midst of the craziest world that we live in right now, you can walk out and see a wildflower grow, and that wildflower really cares nothing about what happened on the news. Like nothing. Like Jesus said, the Solomon, I mean, the, the, um, the lilies in all their glory is more than Solomon arrayed in all his glory. Like when you go past a blossoming tree and see the bees flying in and out and you have to actually stop because if you didn't stop, you wouldn't see them. They're just buzzing around doing their job. The God job that God told them to do. Not worried about me, not worried about you. Man, what would happen if we just started putting our minds on things that are lovely? Things that are amazing. 
You go out and see the star-filled night on a clear night in Michigan if it's warm enough to go outside at nighttime. And we begin to behold who God is. And some of the things that we're anxious about, that after we've given to God and God's wrapped our hearts, God's enclosed our hearts in this peace that we don't even understand. If God does that, I want to keep it that way. So there's certain things I'm staying on guard of this heart and mind that I'm not letting them dwell. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these kind of things. And I don't know what in your life, which filter may be broken and letting things through to the heart that God's trying to protect. Whatever it is, go grab Philippians 4.8 and get the filter fixed. So that these things aren't trickling down into the heart that God is trying to protect. And he goes on and he finishes out in verse number nine of Philippians four. He says this, Philippians four, nine, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. The God of peace will be with you. Now, for a moment, right? If you're Paul, then you have to tell that somebody. That sounds a tad bit arrogant, I'm not going to lie. Everything that I've preached this morning, church, I want you to look at it, Aaron Burden, and I want you to do. I'm not saying that. (laughs) Paul is. (laughs) But this is the thing, right? The Lord knows that us as human beings, sometimes we need a pattern to show us that this is even possible. Yeah, that sounds real good for you. Like, yeah, my pressure to perform, I'm just going to keep performing because this is what I do. Rejoice. Yep, rejoicing. But I'm going to try to pray. But I'm telling you, Paul, my prayers have never been like that. Because I'm trying to do it on my own. But I'm going to do it, Paul. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to give it all to God. And that filter thing, like this little filter thing you're giving me that what to think in my head like that sounds really great paul but i don't think it could work and paul gets to the end and says it's worked for me i want you to do it the god of peace will be with you and we may say it sounds arrogant but i think all of us would have can speak from experience to say there is something glorious about seeing somebody who's walked through the times that we have and they're able to rejoice. We don't call it arrogant then when we've gone through the trial, we've gone through the struggle, when we've had not known peace and someone stands up and says, hey, I'm just letting you know I've walked where you walked. I've been there. You can rejoice. You see them pick up a hymnal or look at the screen on Sunday morning and they're genuinely singing not because they're trying to perform, but because they know the grace of Jesus. And when we see those, Paul says, hey, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but we can talk about, there was a moment where I was in a prison cell and me and Silas had just gotten beaten, and it wasn't a good sight. It wasn't very comfortable at all. But in that jail cell, me and Silas just started singing. We rejoiced. And again, I say we rejoiced. We got through it. And I can write this letter to you, Church at Philippi, because I know 
I've experienced this peace that passes understanding. When I was chained to Silas in a prison and the doors opened and we didn't run out. We sat and our moderation was known to all men. And the jailer was about to run himself through. But you know what? We got up. We were able to help because the Lord was at hand. He was right there. He was orchestrating it all. And the Lord helped us. So the things that you've heard and seen, learned in me, do them. What was it? I think it was Friday. I had called a past friend. We're not that close, but I knew of him. I'm just talking through some of the things going on in my life right now. And he began to talk to me about some of the things that he's gone through. And as he, we began to talk, he gave me great counsel. He gave me great encouragement. But the reason it was so great is because I knew he stood where I had standing. And by him doing that, he gave me all kinds of advice. And I didn't hang up the, the phone and be like, look how arrogant he is to tell me what I think. I'm like, Lord, thank you that someone else has been comforted with the comfort that you've given them. And now they're reaching out to me to do the same. When we start looking at this, right, I want to walk through life with these great moments. But the Bible tells us, I want my soul to know rest. I want to have peace that I'm past understanding. This is what Paul would tell us. You don't have to perform to get it. God's not looking for you to fake it till you make it. If you feel like the Christian life is just to fake it till you make it, can I be wonderfully transparent with you? You are doing it wrong. You don't have to perform. You're going to have to pray. And you're going to have to pray differently than what you prayed before. You're not going to keep your list and keep writing your list and get his list. And letting God take care of those while you manufacture the thing that you think you have control of and you watch things go down the tube. You're going to give those things to God. And God's going to give you peace that actually protects your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And as he protects your heart in a way that we won't even understand, you're going to begin to put some practices on purpose in your life to make sure that these filters protect your heart. If it's not true, I'm not going to think about it. If it's not lovely, I'm not going to think about it. If it's not honest, I'm not going to think on these things. And I'm going to look around at the wonderful opportunity that God has given me to look at patterns from people who have actually done this. I'm going to call them on the phone. I'm going to sit with them. I'll go buy them lunch. Because... I want to be the people who have experienced that kind of grace and they can still rejoice. I want to be close to those kind of people. I want God, if you've done it in their life, I know you can do it in mine. Because just like I said before, as human beings, whenever somebody gives us advice, right, that's great for you. But it wouldn't work in my life. And here's the 15,000 reasons why. I'm going to get close to that person and see that, yes, God's grace was sufficient for them. So I think God's grace can be sufficient for me. This is how I'm going to start living. Like, I love the word of God because the word of God just spells it out so beautifully for us, right? 
Like sometimes like it's so complicated. God just no cast your care upon me. I got this. And we start looking at what it is, right, to have this kind of peace. What I want us to do is let the Holy Spirit work in our own hearts and lives and point us into this peace. What are the things right now on your list that you're trying to manufacture a way to figure it out? And God's saying, I'm at hand. I'm right here. You don't have to be anxious for that. I've got you. Who are the people right now in your life that you connect to? That they have been where you're sitting and they still rejoice genuinely. Stop performing. Stop trying to make it up. And I will say this, right? If you're here today and the peace of God that passes understanding is not even on your mind, right? Because you don't even understand that part. Because you don't have, I guess, what would be the most important thing, peace with God. That I want to encourage you today to say, if you don't even know God, like not that you don't know who God is, but you don't know God personally, then can I encourage you today to get to know God? Because none of this makes sense if you don't know God. None of this makes sense if you don't know Jesus. Because, see, for me to get up and say, just pray about it, if you don't know Jesus, kind of like, oh, that sounds like a waste of time <laughs> for me to spit words up into the air and just let them fall back down on my face. I haven't got time for that. But see, the thing is, if you know Jesus, you will know you have time for nothing else. And so if you know you don't know Jesus today, you don't have peace with God. Can I ask you today to stop for a moment and think? Romans 5.8. But God commended, he demonstrated, he displayed his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Can I tell you right now, for you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, the Lord is at hand today. He wants you to get to know him. He would love to give you this kind of peace, but you need the peace, ultimately, that is the ultimate peace of knowing God. And so if that's you today, hey, can I encourage you? We're not going to have like a big thing or like, hey, run down here, come tag me or anything like that. But I would say before you leave the service, I think you've seen our pastoral staff sitting on this platform and you know who we are. Anybody out there with the jacket and the usher badge, just go tell them, hey, you know what? I would love to know how to have peace with God because I don't have that. I can tell you there's nothing more exciting to any of us that sit in the auditorium who know Jesus Christ today than for you to say, I want to have peace with God. And after you get with peace with God, then you can jump in with the rest of us and try and understand what it is to have this peace that passes understanding. Okay? So I'm going to pray, and we're going to be done, and I'll uh, Pastor Tom will come up and lead us in music. But before this, I want to say two things. Number one, if you're watching at home, I have thrown in the live stream, the notes for today. They're there, so you can grab them, download them, listen to them. I mean, go back over them for your help. If you're in this auditorium, and it'll be a help to you, I have printed and put them on the back table. The ushers know about them if you just ask an usher. If the notes from today will help you, I have them. They're on the back, and there's a couple questions and things to walk through, and there's a resource in the back that you can go to a site to help you with some things on prayer. Like, I think it will be help to you. It's back there. I think there's like 75 or something back there. If we need more, I can just go hit print again, and we'll print the other ones. But if it would be help to you, 
let me know. The ushers have it back there because ultimately I don't want us to come. I don't want it to be a 30 minute TED talk of me coming up and telling you wonderful things about how to have peace. I want us to be able to actually live it out. So if that would be helped to you, they're on the back table. Let's pray.